You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And it's brought to you by Rock Auto. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, and at Locked On Hornets. So we're basically going to go over some of the things we talked about yesterday, except with the actual knowledge in hand. So yesterday we discussed the deadline approaching for those rookie scale contract extensions and whether they might be agreed upon between the Miles Bridges of the world and the Charlotte Hornets of the world where what we saw Mikhail Bridges agreed to it. We saw Jaron Jackson agreed to it, but Miles Bridges, not so much. And DeAndre Ayton, by the way, did not get anything done with the Phoenix Suns. We can get into that in just a moment. We also saw the Hornets trim down their roster from 16 to 15. So they are ready to go October 20th. That's tomorrow against the Indiana Pacers when the NBA season does indeed start. Let's talk about that Miles Bridges yes. thing first. Not a, not a ton to go over because we shared our thoughts as if they were not going to get an extension done by the deadline. And here we are. He's locked in now. You're not going to have that extension agreed upon between the two sides. I think what probably happened is both of the guys, both the Mitch Kupchak, Clutch Sports, Miles Bridges, everybody that has their hand in this, they were talking, trying to figure out what contract, what extension, might serve best for both parties. I think the Hornets probably made a pretty decent offer based on the production that we saw last season. And I bet Miles wanted to try to play it out as much as possible and ask for more. Hornets couldn't agree to it at this point, and we'll see what happens next season. But nothing gets done, and I'm not surprised. I can't imagine you are either, considering we had this conversation yesterday. This It, ne- it never benefited Miles Bridges to have this extension at this point because he was going to be locked in somewhere between we can comfortably say 19 and 22 million dollars a year now granted that's a very 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 nice place to be that is absolutely platinum problems but at the same time i can't like i don't blame miles bridges for saying you know what i'm a bet on myself and then worst case scenario the hornets will probably match anything that we just anything that I possibly go get and he's going to have them go shop his own deal. It all makes sense at this point. So for him to say, I'll play it out, see where we're at, where we're at. okay. but as I said yesterday, I'm not so sure that him doing this is going to get him any more money. The only thing that it possibly does is add another year on the back end to it. So if he's going to do that and he's going to play the long-term security game, that makes sense. But for right now, I don't see how he plays himself into another stratosphere. And granted, this also could be one of those things where I end up on all takes exposed for being stupid. But I just, for me, I don't see how he outplays that 19 to $22 million unless someone gets really, really desperate and he outplays his services to the point where he's third team all NBA. That's about it at this point. Well, yeah, and that's not you. 
that can't happen. I can't imagine that happening. And you brought up a good point kind of in a way where you're talking about his improvement, but it isn't going to be in another stratosphere, right? Like it's going to be tough to improve as much as he did from his second to third year in the NBA. It's going to be, it's really tough from your third to fourth year to do the same thing back to back to have those kinds of improvements. I mean, that's all-star consideration with, I think how much he improved just last season. I think he's going to improve enough to validate at least close to a $20 million a year contract. Mm -hmm. I think that's the kind of improvement that you might see right now. If you were to pay him that kind of money, it's a little ahead of schedule, you know, like you're, you're paying him for what you think the production will be based on good old fashioned hard work that you don't think is going to go away once he gets the bag. And you think miles is going to come through on that where he's not quite there yet. Now, when you pay him, presumably next season, it will be based off of, his actual improvement we've seen it with our own eyes from the third to the fourth year even just like it was at maybe lesser scale but the improvement just like he made already from a sophomore to junior campaign and so that's the hornets not making this deal totally fine miles trying to go after it a little bit more so next season that's totally fine so here we are with uh and and we'll see what happened with miles now something you've brought up is that clutch sports does make this a little complicated how how greedy are they going to be at the end of this? You know that that's something to take note of as well. Once we revisit this a year, yeah, no, that's the thing. Clutch Sports does the one thing Clutch Sports does really really well is maximize their clients' value. Hello, Eric Bledsoe. Hello, Tristan Thompson. Other guys that have gotten bloated contracts have gotten the full bag from Clutch Sports by maximizing their value, and this is what's going to happen with Miles Bridges as well. The thing is with Miles Bridges. He may be he may be one of the first to really say, "Oh my God, this guy's absolutely going to be worth it." And, and but at the same time, I'm prepared for this. I am prepared for the big bag. I was just not surprised that the Hornets didn't throw this big bag out early because we've seen this happen before. We've seen the Hornets be like, "Look, we could offer you this. We are going to lowball ball you, and then after that." Okay, but for right now, there's no there's no yeah. there's no incentive for the Hornets to do this and there's less incentive for Miles Bridges to do this once Macal Bridges kind of said right. I, I agree with you. I, th- I think that's a good point. Uh, let's take one other point real quickly. Wes Awundu, he is the man that is cut from the Charlotte Hornets roster, trimming it down from 16 to 15. We talked about it all yesterday, how this was always the player that made the most sense. We maybe thought if you were to try to make this make sense with another player, it could have been a Vernon carry, but it, just because they had invested more in Nick Richards, they clearly were playing him more. And maybe Kai Jones would get more playing time than what we've been hypothesizing this offseason. But at the end of the day, it was all it always felt like it was going to be Wes Awundu, and that's how it played out. He's now gone from the roster. Do you have anything more to add, Nato, or is this just kind of as expected? It's kind of as expected, but at the same time, I do want some I do want to point something out to Hornets fans because I had a conversation with one yesterday on Twitter about this. It's easier to cuss, cut Wes Awundu because if someone gets hurt or something like that, Wes Awundu will be on the market. It's not going to be so easy if you cut a Vernon Carey in, in this exercise more than Nick Richards. But a Vernon Carey, Vernon Carey scored 22 points against an NBA team. He was going to get picked up if you cut him. I can see the thought process behind keeping the bigs because there's always going to be that team that's going to kick the tires on the bigs and they're not going to be there should you need them. And 
as we as I like to remind everybody, the absolute like the depth at center is razor thin. Granted, they do not help. But at the same time, this team needed some big man depth. I don't like the fact that they have four centers on this roster, but they kind of needed to. And Wessa Wundu, cutting one of the centers for Wessa Wundu would have done more damage long term than it would have helped long term. All right. You talk about the center position. I want to get to more of that in the next segment, as well as more Greensboro fun. But I do want to discuss Theragun first. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body anymore. Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using scientifically calibrated combos of depth, speed and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun signature percussive therapy which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design makes you feel like you're holding something from the future, too. It feels weird. Just go to their site and check it out, and the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Um, And when I say it feels weird, it's a good type of weird. It's like, oh man, here I am in the year 3000 rather than 2021. That's the kind of future thing you're holding in your hand. It's trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, just scored a touchdown this past weekend. Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on. Therabody.com slash locked on. Greensboro, center position. It's coming up next. Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I said, oh, oh, hell yeah. Just giving that confirmation of how awesome this is going to be. You tweeted at me. You're going to be singing the chorus to Billie Jean if you ain't careful. And again, I point to the lie. Yes, I you're well, yeah, you're right. This goes back to our first conversation. There's a yes, lot of babies does. being had exactly. out there. Goodness gracious. Exactly. Unexpected ones. Point ones to that the lie. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? You don't have to do that anymore. Save time and money when using rockauto.com. Their prices are reliably low for every customer and they have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. They even have new carpet. Go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Rockauto.com. Go visit there right now. See all the parts available for your car or your truck, right? Locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. We have some more Greensboro fun, Nada. We had a trade within the G League yesterday involving the Charlotte Hornets. The Greensboro Swarm, the NBA G League affiliate of the Charlotte Hornets, announced yesterday that the team, announced today, excuse me, that the team completed a trade with the Wisconsin Herd. I love the G League nicknames. It's the Milwaukee buck affiliate in the deal. Yes, they are. They're awesome. (laughs) Greensboro acquires the returning rights to Luke May 
in exchange for the returning rights to Javin Delorier. So you have a North Carolina for Duke trade. Of course, Michael Jordan is going to get his Tar Heel, right? That's how <laughs> that's how the narrative works out ever since he's been a part yes. owner of the Charlotte Hornets. Yes, yes. Um, we all know the Luke, agenda, yeah, the Jordan agenda. That's right. That's right. The Carolina Blue Mafia. It is alive and well. And Mitch Kupchak is out here pulling deals for some of these guys. It's exactly why Marcus Page is on this team. That's the thing. You know, their the narrative is correct. If you're going to discuss the 15th, 16th, 17th guy on the roster or the players that are on the G League, <laughs> but it's not correct with the actual players that matter. It only matters with Marcus Page, Joel Berry being on this squad. It matter. I think Kenny Williams, Kenny Williams made an appearance. Kenny Williams was on this squad. So, so that's where the narrative fits. Not the agenda only fits there. It does not matter with your one through 15 players. Absolutely not. It doesn't matter, nor should it. If you're going to do that, like I don't blame Jordan for do, giving the hookup on a G League roster spot. I'm sorry. The G League does not matter that much to where you can't give dudes jobs. We do this with banks. We do this with doctors. We do this with all types of internships. Why can't Michael Jordan do this? <laughs> I'm going to further the Carolina Blue agenda on this one because you know what? It just makes sense. What's wrong with the hookup? Yeah, I'm not going to find anything wrong with it. That's fine. Plus, it is hilarious trying to squeeze every dollar amount you possibly can out of the city of Greensboro for putting people that they're actually familiar with. And, and the fact that they traded a Javin Delorier who went to Duke, you can get some money out of that connection as well. And you're bringing back a Luke May. Now, we don't know if Luke May is actually going to return right? He's actually in Spain right now. He appeared in five games so far this season. Uh, we know he was undrafted. We know the story of Luke May. If you're around here in Carolina, yes. you know what he was able to do, uh, but we're not sure if he's going to return. If he does, then the Hornets have his rights. So if he does, that's when the, all of this uh, quote unquote matters as far as the trade is concerned, but just trying to update you on something that happened with the Charlotte Hornets. The actual conversation I really want to have and dig into here. It's another extension that took place here, not a, and it's with the Washington Wizards signing Daniel yeah. Gafford. So Gafford was a guy we kind of talked about. I liked him in the second round coming out of Arkansas or just a pick that the Charlotte Hornets could have had a couple of years ago. He's selected by the Chicago Bulls, but then gets traded to Washington in exchange for a Mo Wagner in exchange for a Troy Brown, a former first round pick and had some nice things about him. I think the Wiz liked him enough. I think he showed some good things in the bubble before this trade actually took place. But Daniel Gafford signed an extension with the Wizards that was worth three years and $40 million. And it's a decent amount of money. You know, it's not it is. chump change, but it's also a pretty damn good deal for a good starting caliber center. And not, I think when you look at what the Charlotte Hornets have done, how they've operated through the five spot and what the Wizards did, which is a team that also has a lot of dysfunction throughout their history. I think this is a really good move. You know, you trade a guy like Troy Brown that had some value, but you flip that in what is a good contract for a starting five that the Chicago Bulls were just kind of willing to deal. And we'll see if Brown does anything for them. But I mean, Gafford is that guy that I think is more valuable. And I think that's where I, I'm not looking for reasons to blame the Hornets, right? I, I don't want to get my magnifying glass out to say, hey, this is why I hate what they've done. And, you know, because there's a lot of teams that could have done this. You know, a lot of teams could have benefited from doing the same thing the Wizards did with 
the Daniel Gafford. But it is interesting. I can interesting. think of one team. Right. I can think of a team. But right. But the Hornets, the Hornets are one of those teams that could have benefited from that, especially with James Borrego's disdain for the center position ever since he was named head coach here. And it didn't even have to be a Gafford. You know, it could have been maybe somebody else that had this type of profile where, hey, he's a guy not getting a ton of attention not getting a ton of playing time, but the skill, the talent, it's there. Let's give up something that we don't crazy value here to see if this thing pans out. Right. And and the Hornets, they didn't do it. The Wizards make a good move. What do you make of this connection? What do you make of the way that the Wizards were able to do business? Here? I'm kind of upset that the Wizards saw a weakness, especially when Thomas Bryant went down, they made this trade. The Wizards saw a weakness. They addressed it with actual real-time talent or a guy that was closer to making an impact on an NBA level than the Hornets did. I have a massive problem with that because it's hard not to look at the Hornets roster and see they're a Daniel Gafford away from me being kind of unsure about this team to, oh my God, this team is probably one of the top 10 teams in the East. The longer this goes, the longer, like, I, that's what annoys me about this. This team is a center away. And the, mind you, that's the type, they've let Daniel Gafford slip through their fingers, not once, but twice now, because as you point out, he should have been the pick instead of Cody Martin. Despite the fact that I do like Cody Martin, I think you could have been, he could have been drafted along with his brother or signed along with his brother. I... I just have a problem with the lack of addressing the center position. And you knew this, and this this is why you wanted to talk about it today, Walker. You wound <laughs> me up for this. I to get you yes, up. because I'm trying to be here. I'm trying not to be mad about this. But it's literally like this team felt internal development, internal development. Daniel Gafford was sitting right there. This could have been done really, really easily. And instead of doing what they're doing, they're relying on Kai Jones, Nick Richards, who may or may not be good, who may or may not be on this roster in a year, and Vernon Carey, who may or may not be in the roster. And at the same time, you're jumbling up PJ for when the when so that when he actually has to play center when it matters, he might be too burned out to do it. So I'm, I'm right. like I'm. When it comes to this, and this is the thing, if you're going to try to be measured about the playoffs and this and that in the third and know that you have not given the coach anything to work with at the center position, in fact, it might even be worse than last year. It just might. Like, you can't have your players coming out here and saying playoffs and basically being Ray Stans and Ghostbusters. You can't do any of that. <laughs> Oh, look. All right. The Stay yeah. Puft Marshmallow Man is coming to kill me. I wonder why. When you don't address something and you've done a crappy job of it for the entire summer and then wonder why people don't necessarily have faith in this team or people don't want you to mention the playoffs. Okay. I did not why. realize I was putting I'm the sorry, ball Walker. on the tee for you in order to just knock it out of the park in a sense of rage. Yes, I had no did. idea Daniel Gafford would be the thing to do that. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You knew. You knew exactly. <laughs> what this was I didn't know at this level. I'm sorry. I didn't know it was going to be at this level. I thought it might be something interesting to talk about. And here we are getting mad. But I'm, I'm with you. The, the one thing you you talked about there, though, it's just imagine if Gafford was on this team. How much better is it? Boy, I feel pretty good about it. You know, I mean, I, I do. I don't. I don't know how significantly 
much better I think this team is like I don't think they're oh now they're a top four team like I don't think they're only a center away I think there's a couple of other problems here and there but Gafford would clearly be a very nice addition and you have to give something up and so let's say let's say you know Gafford out there on the trade market you know what could you have given up for a Gafford you know and and tried to see how you could bring him to this team like man if you're talking about a former first round but remember you know Chandler Hutchinson he was a first round pick for Chicago too and he goes to the Wizards in this deal as well um so it's not like it was only for Gafford he was worth so much they they actually had a first round pick going to Washington as well like does a McDaniels uh a, a pick a Cody Martin does that get it McDa- done? I do think McDaniels gets this done I do think McDaniels would have been a decent lubricant to get this yeah. done. To have a three, have have something that granted they haven't Davis Bertans, but at the same time something similar. Like I, I do think that that well, would have been with Chicago. Like well, yeah, it would've, it's so it would have been with Chicago. Yeah. So I, I don't. Yeah, like I, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe it is McDaniel's a pick, a Cody Martin that you're sending. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it it was somebody that you could have gotten. And, and look again, I hate getting so focused on one specific player and saying, you know, oh, well, the Hornets messed up for not doing it. There's a lot of teams that could have used a Daniel Gafford that uh, on that price tag that played that well last year that didn't do it. So it's not like the Charlotte Hornets are the only team to criticize for that. But it is a move that, man, I would have felt a lot better had uh, the Hornets actually gone after somebody like this. All right. We've got one more segment to go. We'll talk about the NBA. The debut is tonight, not for the Hornets, but we do get some NBA basketball, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, 730 tip. And after that, it'll be the Lakers hosting Golden State, a couple of the more intriguing teams to watch. In fact, I think all four of those teams were top four in Zach Lowe's league pass rankings. We'll talk about the NBA opener tonight coming up next on Lockdown Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. For right then, I felt like I had some synergy with Mitch, and I felt like, you know what? I'm in these guys' heads. I understand. I talk. I listen. I did all the right things. And then, did you? What voices were you listening to? Were you listening to the voices deep within your head saying, "This is what I think Mitch is going to do," and then you just regurgitated that back onto Twitter? That's what I always do. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Well, it's in full swing. I should say the postseason is in full swing because the Atlanta Braves have got a two to nothing lead on the Dodgers. Do you think the Braves can sweep them, or do you think the Dodgers will come back and end the Braves' hopes at getting to a World Series title? Well, you can go bet on that at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook. Experts. All right, Nada, how excited are you for the two games that'll be taking place in the association? First, starting with Brooklyn, Milwaukee, the rematch of the series that we had, where everybody's favorite joke was Kevin Durant's shoe size this offseason and how that affected the world champion. And then after that, we have Golden State and the Lakers game, Golden State trying to get back to the glory days of their championships that they won earlier in the decade. Pat honestly, last decade, I should say. Uh, honestly, I'm looking forward to this. I didn't think I would be looking forward to this because it feels like the off season like the season just ended a couple weeks ago. I thought I would be tired, I'd be dragging. No, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to a lot of this. I'm looking forward to watching Brooklyn and Milwaukee go through the motions. 
I'm interested to see how often Kyrie Irving gets mentioned because kind of at this point, like like Kyrie <laughs> Irving is like the specter hanging over this, even though he's not dead. He's just unvaccinated. So there's a lot of this that like and then on top of it, it's Steph and it's LeBron and it's AD. And it's just the craziness of all of that. I can't wait to see what happens with all this. Like I'm. I thought I'd be burned out and tired. I'm actually super excited for all. Of this. Yeah, I'll probably stay up and watch Golden State in L.A. I, I can't promise you that I'm going to watch the entire game. I'll probably not watch the entire game. But Brooklyn, Milwaukee, I am excited about. I, I want to see how Brooklyn looks without Kyrie, you know, and, and and we've seen it already. But I just want to see, I guess, how they look against a team like Milwaukee without Kyrie Irving and how long that's going to sustain. And once we get that sample size, you know, it starts obviously tonight. How good? is Milwaukee again this year you know that there's there's going to be some fun things to take note of right off of the bat and I think the NBA did a pretty good job of scheduling these opponents you know I I think intriguing teams all over the place the Lakers have Russell Westbrook the Westbrook LeBron experiment starts tonight Um, and maybe I want to see like the second unit the depth for Brooklyn you know, what does Cam Thomas do? Is this guy for real immediately upon stepping onto an NBA court? Because guy was scoring a lot in the summer league. Guy was scoring pretty well with preseason. Uh, I, I want to see what he can do, even when the starters like Kevin Durant go yeah, to the Yeah, no, this is going to be bit. interesting because the depth is going to... Like, we have Hornets killer Patty Mills starting at point guard when he wasn't... He was going to be anchoring right. that bench. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge coming back, being probably one of the factors on as at center. And then my heart problem, brother, Wolf Parkinson's yep. white. Exactly. Represent. There's that. Um, Blake Griffin. Is he going to be the Blake Griffin of old or old Blake Griffin? Like those are interesting questions that we have tonight. So, yeah, yeah, will be fun to see. Yeah. Uh, NBA season starting 2021 and 2022 campaign. Is this the third season that started in one calendar it year? Is because the third I think it is third straight season that started in the calendar year. So that's why we're ex- yeah that exactly. at least we've seen like in the so yeah. we've essentially this is why we're kind of burned out. This explains a lot. <laughs> um, at least we'll have some nice basketball yes. to talk about tomorrow and then tomorrow. Also, it'll be the Charlotte Hornets first game against the Indiana Pacers that of course we can't wait for and we'll get you all set for that one tomorrow right here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA Hollinger and Duncan really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day and we'll be back with you tomorrow to talk about some Hornets basketball starting officially.